0: Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. We uh, expect to be joined shortly uh, by uh, Father Patrick Kelly, uh, taking a look at youth sport and spirituality, Catholic perspectives, uh, but uh, have been unable to contact him. Uh, There may be some technical problem we have reaching him. So uh, let me, before we go there, though, let let me pick up on a theme that I think more and more we need we need to think about here's what I'm saying we're living we're living in a time where the stature and the moral authority of the Catholic Church has shrunk but there's just there's no no getting about that we're not talking about What's true, uh, we're not talking about if the Catholic Church is effective. We're not talking about whether the Catholic Church teaches is true. Of course, I think what the Church teaches is true. That's why I'm a Catholic. But we are living in a time in which everywhere you look, Catholic leaders are talking about managing decline. And this always puts us in the position of uh, fearing fearing the future. So what I'd like to do is, uh, maybe a little later today, is pick up on this problem. When What happens when people are big and God is small? Because I think a lot of what we fear is because we're afraid. We're afraid uh, that we're on the wrong side of things, right? We're afraid that... Um, because of our association, people would reject us. We're afraid that, um, you know, that we we don't live up to what we ought to be living up to. And so we actually undermine the cause of Christ. But I think the proper understanding of who God is gives us the kind of courage we need to face uh, the world, even in a period of a decline that we are facing. Well, this weekend, there was a tremendous weekend for the uh, NFL, uh, just a remarkable uh, set of games in which three of the four games, the underdog uh, visiting team kicked a field goal to win. It's just as time was expiring. Uh, and, you know, I grew up loving sports as a kid. Uh, many of you did as well. And we have, many of us have, our, my kids have played sport. Uh, and so I have been big on uh, sports and I've been very appreciative of coaches who have understood that when they're uh, coaching my kids they're not only coaching them in terms of competence or athletic skill but they also have some responsibility for uh, their moral and spiritual formation. my guest, Father Patrick Kelly, is Associate Professor of Religious Studies at the University of Detroit Mercy, and he's also the author of Catholic Perspectives on Sports, From Medieval to Modern Times, and he's editor of uh, Youth Sport and Spirituality. His areas of interest include theological anthropology, sports, Ignatian spirituality, and you can follow him on Twitter at PatrickKellySJ. We'll have that linked for you at our site as well. Father, good to have you here. Thanks.
1: Thanks so
0: much, El. Great to be with you. Is, I'm a, I was born in 1951, and um, sports was a major factor in my maturing and growing up. Not only did I love sports, but it, 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 there were lessons I learned there that are s- still with me to this day. Learning how to lose graciously. Learning yeah. how to win graciously learning how to work with others on a team, learning how to deal with teammates who are better than you and teammates who aren't. Uh, you go down, there's a whole list of uh, things that kids learn early on in when they're playing basketball or football or baseball or softball or any kind of competitive sport. And that was a major part of what my parents wanted me to play. They wanted me to mature and learn these things. Is the world different today when we look at youth sports? Have we lost that kind of wholesome belief that sports helps to mature a young man or now a young woman?
1: Yeah, I. I, um, it's hard to make, you know, General statements for everyone. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that there are many, many people, and hopefully many of them are, are working in, in schools and especially Catholic schools, uh, given our context of our conversation. Sure, sure. Uh, who, who, who are, uh, still, still committed to that and still, still see sport in that way. Um, but uh, there are some trends in the culture in general that. Um, that move in a different direction, uh, and uh, one of them would be: there's more of a tendency now, I think, for um, people, including parents and coaches and and young people themselves, therefore, you know, to, to to view sport, especially if they're they show promise at it at a young age, to view it as a means to college scholarship or, you know. Uh, to become uh, elite athlete, and so there's there's a lot of uh, time and and even money put into uh, tr- you know training uh, kids and and travel teams and and uh, um, uh, year round the, the training in, in many cases would would be year round in one sport. So it's early specialization is is much uh more common now mm-hmm. in one sport. Yeah. Uh, and this is related to this way of thinking. Uh, you know, you kind of get a leg up on the other kids if you play one sport. But the problem mm-hmm. is, one of the problems with that is that kids get burnt out. And also, they, uh, there's a dramatic, when we, in 1951, if that's when you were born, Al, I was born in 1960. Uh, in those years, and for years after that, uh, probably ten years after I was born, there weren't articles about overuse injuries in the sport in the medical journals. Yeah. But now it's the most common kind of article, uh, and and so so that's all uh, going on. And a part of what's what what happens too is that, given the emphasis on serious training and, and et cetera, a lot of kids are dropping out of organized sport. You know, hmm. uh, so in the last. 20, 30 years in dramatic numbers at young ages, you know, 13 or so. Um, and the top reason they give is that it's not fun. Yeah, yeah. That, that's also the, the top reason that young people give for playing sports, is because they enjoy, you know. It's <laughs> fun. Exactly. That's why I played, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 um, so the other element here, um, underlying that, uh, uh, sort of dynamics in the culture is there can be an individualism in the sense that i'm about my you know future yeah. and my my career and and that shows up in college <laughs> college sports too and coaches have to have to wrestle with that you know that um and then and, and then you know just to make it more make it a broader Discussion, You know, the transfer portals and intercollegiate athletics now also kind of uh, um, uh, is related to that maybe in the sense that kids think about their own, you know, kind of situation and and what's good for them. Um, some of the things like you were talking about, you know, being part of something larger than yourself right. or a team might be diminished in that way, yeah. in that context.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, 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 that's one. I loved sports. Uh, I had when I was playing basketball. This is when I'm, uh, not not even in my teens yet. So it's very, very young, not especially accomplished. But I can one year we played on a team, and we were the worst in the city. <laughs> and actually, the name of, the name of the team, believe it or not, was Quality Septic Tank. I mean, <laughs> and we did stink. Um, But the next year, I played for another team, uh, Palmieri Sauce, I think was the name of it. And we won won the city championship that year. And it was just, it was a a real, it was really interesting to reflect as a kid, to say, go from one year, you're the worst, you know, your team's the worst in the city. The next year, you're the best in the city. And, of course, the year after that, everybody's forgotten about it anyways.
1: (laughs) So, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is a that is a real value, you know. I, I, uh, you know, are we able to in our lives uh, put our put the whole of ourselves into so, give ourselves entirely to something with all of our friends, even in the case of playing on team sports, you know, and then have a certain kind of what Ignatius of Loyola would call this interior freedom. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we don't control the outcome; we do the best we can, and then we accept the outcome and. Um, and that's a kind of, I think there's, there's, a, um, that's an important thing that, that we all can learn, uh, when we're young and it, and it applies to other things too. You know, I, I teach in university now and, you know, you know, I mean, you can't always, you do the best you can. I was preparing my classes all day for tomorrow morning. Yeah. We're online now, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, I can't, we can't control how people react. To us, or the outcome of, of uh, what it is we're doing, our work, even our ministry—you know—we do the best we can yeah. to try to do the Lord's work. Um, but, but there's a sense in which you, you know, at this as, as we get older and adult, we 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 uh, trust in God and leave the results to to God, what God wants to have happen. Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah, no, I I think that's a good that's a good uh, that's a good lesson. To a draw Because that interior freedom that you refer to is something that, uh, again, as you point out, is, is part of Ignatian spirituality. And that's something that we can learn uh, within sports, our inability to control all the circumstances and to be comfortable uh, living with the yeah. outcomes that we don't control.
1: Um, and by the way, yeah. I think, uh, I think uh, um, this doesn't mean—I I don't think this added—this approach— um, leads us to not play as well as we can, in fact, I, I think, think approaching things this way helps us to play better yes and all the all the best coaches focus on this. they yeah. say, do what you 're doing now you know and do it well. Pay attention to what it is you need to do right now you can 't be, be all worried about you know what 's going to happen down the road or what. so anyway,
0: Father we will take a break, come back and pick up the conversation. My guest, Father Patrick Kelly. Taking a look at sports and spirituality, uh, there are many lessons to be learned. And I should mention, too, St. Paul frequently uses sports metaphors, athletic metaphors in his epistles. Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. With me, Father Patrick Kelly. He is uh, editor of Catholic Perspectives, Youth Sport, and Spirituality. And uh, in that volume, in fact, he contributes a chapter uh, which is a historical and theological overview of Christians and sport. In fact, Father, let me, uh, let me ask you about that. Uh, how is uh, the Christian faith, Catholic Church, and uh, then non Catholic Christians? How is there an evolution to our view of sports going back Saint Paul uses these sports metaphors uh how did the early church look at sport and take us up? give us a little history lesson here
1: yeah well uh uh thanks be to God, it's a long history, <laughs> so God has been with us all these but it's uh, but it's a lot to cover um uh the um i called the book catholic perspectives on sports that, that, maybe that's the other book that, I, that I, my first book that i wrote because um uh because in fact as you're as, as you're implying in your question you know there are different kind of approaches that you know at different times uh, throughout throughout history yeah um and um so let's see what what should i what shall i uh Uh, focus on. Um, Maybe I'll just uh, say, and let me know, I I can't remember if maybe the last time we talked I I talked about this. If if so, uh, you can move me on to other (laughs) other topics. Sure. Um, But maybe, I think for me, the the richness in that, in the the Catholic heritage, and why I think it has something to contribute to our contemporary context in the United States, I would point to two things. One would be an understanding of the human person as a unity of body soul spirit yes. mind spirit is you know it's like saint paul put it and and the christ you know and Christian spiritual writers uh developed that as well um and then the second thing would be um play is accepted and valued as a part of life, and there's even uh you know serious reflection about that it, Thomas Aquinas is, is particularly good on, on play um, and uh, uh, so, uh, so so the, the, so why I think those two elements are, are very important for our time um, is because uh, if we're a unity of body, Mind, spirit. Let's say if we're talking about the context of education. Mm-hmm. That means that activities that young people are engaged with in in their bodies, in, you know, including of course play and sport, yeah. also affect them at the level of their mind. Mm-hmm. You know, they 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 can gain new self understandings. You were describing this a little bit earlier. Yeah, I also have experienced that. We we under, come to understand ourselves differently. We we have maybe insights into things. We how we're in our relationships with other people, um, but also spirit, small letter S, spirit, Paul used that, that term numa in Greek, mm-hmm. um, to refer to the dimension of the human person that makes us capable of relationship with the Holy Spirit, capital letter S, spirit. Yeah. So, so if I'm a unity, that means that what, I, what I'm experiencing, engaged in, in my in my body, also affects me at these different levels and dimensions. And so, um, I think unfortunately we're still suffering from the a kind of dualism associated with Rene Descartes historically, mm-hmm. body and you know, body and mind, which is part of the reason why in universities there are not maybe as many courses as there should be, like the one I'm going to teach tomorrow morning at 8:30 called Sport and Spiritual Tradition, oh, because we yeah. we tend to sep- separate these two. So young people in our universities spend a lot of time in and, and in bodily activity. All of their lives, they've been doing that, but nobody in the classroom has asked them to actually reflect on what is that experience. Here. Yeah, yeah. We, we we almost split them into two: the, the young people. Yeah. So our our heritage, I think, there's a richness in this, and it has implications, practically speaking, uh, you know, for for like what we might do in our schools. It, it, that it's possible to also invite students to reflect on the experiences they're having. And maybe and have them read something, you know, connect, you know, some some study uh, about experiences in sport. Um, so, by the way, one of Ignatius's, you know, key key things in terms of Ignatian pedagogy, how to teach, has to do with reflection on experience. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so that's a part of all of Jesuit education. But unfortunately, until recently, we haven't invited students to reflect on this aspect of experience.
0: Yeah, this this aspect of the use of their body in sport. Yeah, and yeah, um, which which uh, go back to what you were saying earlier too. I want to pick up on, and that is uh, sometimes when people think um, about a Christian approach to sport, they get the impression that somehow that will uh, uh, undermine a person's uh, willingness to compete or to uh, put their whole self into it. They're afraid mm-hmm. that uh, talking about Christianity and sport uh, means that uh, you never take the performance side of it that seriously. You always leave mm-hmm. it in the area of, well, yeah, it's a recreation. No big deal. Mm-hmm. But uh, the there is something... Incredibly valuable about giving uh, your all, to doing your best, uh, trying to uh, transcend what you had done previously. In sports, is a constant call to that, isn't it?
1: Yes, uh, yes. And, and I, I did my own doctoral studies with a psychologist named Mihai Uh Sadly, he died recently, but he's mentor to me, huh. and he. He wanted to understand what enjoyment was. That was when he was first starting his academic career. And so he studied people involved in different kinds of play activities, including sports. But connected to your point, he he discovered that we enjoy activities when they're challenging activities that require skills yes. of us. Yeah. And so... Uh, when the challenges that we're presented with are about equal to, maybe a little bit higher than our skill level, we we go beyond where we were in some way. Like you were saying, you know, yeah. you 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 grow, you, you push the envelope. Um, I remember when I was growing up, we had a ping pong table in our basement, and the most enjoyable games were the ones where there was a real long va- volley, you know.
0: Yes, yes, the ball,
1: hitting the ball back and forth. And why why is that? It's because each of the young, each of us was pushing the other one right at the edge of their skill level. Yep. (laughs) It is. It's it's ecstatic, you know, for a (laughs) 10 year old kid. And then, and, and, but the thing is the the principle challenges and skills, balance of challenges and skills also helps us to understand why it's still humanly significant for, uh, Olympic level ping pong players. You know, they still enjoy it. Yes. They're also doing the same thing for each other. They're, pushing one another uh are pushing their, their skill level. Um so uh anyway, I think too, Al, related to what you were talking about the games over the weekend, I think that's why you know, those games would all be examples of this. Yeah. Evenly matched teams. It <laughs> goes back and forth and that that Kansas City Chiefs game uh last night uh was was uh, just amazing the last few minutes of it. So, but they're going back and forth, uh, you know, keep <laughs> pushing the other team to the next level, and and um, so anyway, anyway, uh, I I do think that's important. So I I think what's important is from a if we're talking about Catholic, you know, perspective theological perspective, mm-hmm. we and this is in our tradition I would say our, our, our theological tradition, it's very important to take the human seriously, you know, and to take in this case, to take sport itself seriously Mm -hmm. and to really try to properly understand it, you know? And what is it that's uh, so enjoyable about it? And how how does it lead to human well-being and flourishing, you know? Um, Rather than sort of interrupting it, that's kind of what I was hearing. You know, we might be afraid that, oh, if we bring this into it, whether we're going to interrupt what's actually meaningful, you know, about it or we're not going to be concerned about about excellence anymore or something like that. But I don't think that has to be the case.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Was there a time in uh, church history where sports was considered um, uh, trivial or um, a distraction from spiritual things?
1: Yeah, I think... um, I think you might, you know, you see... Well, well, like we said, you know, it's a long history, so... Yeah. And, and, but I mean, if and, you diminish it, the
0: significance of the body, it, it would also lead... It could easily lead to diminishing the significance of sport, it seems to me.
1: Right, right. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, there are some writings early in Christian history. I think it's more often associated with the roman games which could become violent and even christians themselves were um you know could become victims of yes. some of the those sports so so there's there's writing during those periods which is um uh, you know maybe under understandably not uh not supportive of, of uh of sports in that way maybe and maybe the, probably those experiences could the way people, a person like Tertullian uh, would would write about mm-hmm. games and sports, um, but uh, but Saint Paul's writing, you know his letters to the Corinthians and people in Greek speaking context, he's writing out of a different uh, different sort of a tradition, uh, and then and then other spiritual writers uh, pick that up. I think uh, with regard to the question about the body, I, I actually think this is a there's a lot of misunderstanding in the writing of the his, by historians of sport about Christian attitudes to the body especially in earlier periods they tend to think you know characterize them as thoroughly negative and yeah. and then therefore nothing could have developed in you know in terms of sport in these cultures is kind of the way the the narrative goes mm-hmm. but in fact uh you know uh Christian theologians the er- the earliest controversies had were with the Gnostics and the Manichaeans
0: yeah. who
1: who themselves had a very negative view of the body That's and right. associating it with evil and the material world itself. And and the and the Christian writers, like Augustine, Aquinas just to mention too, Irenaeus,
0: mm-hmm.
1: they, they were writing specifically against those views. And insisting on the goodness of the created world, of, of the material world as created by God, you know. Yeah. Uh, the word became flesh, so we can't say yes. that, that, that body is, you know,
0: yeah.
1: evil, bad. Uh, resurrection of the whole person, which includes the body. Uh, so, so, and that gave rise to a whole religious culture, which, um, which, Engages the material world, you know, in processions and pilgrimages and religious dramas and the sacraments. It's a very bodily sort of, uh, sort of religion. Yeah. Um, and, and so, so anyway, so I would just say that about the way sometimes it's. Now, when we get into the modern period, I think Catholic theology, like other, like other Christian theology, does sometimes get, get influenced by this, this kind of, dualism I was referring to earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 so that I think that does affect, you know, the the willingness of theologians to engage with sport and well yeah. culture.
0: Yeah, yeah, sport. Well father, thank you. Wonderful talking with you. And uh, I appreciate your work. I'm glad you joined me.
1: Yeah, great to be with you. Al.
0: Father Patrick Kelly, Catholic Perspectives, youth sport and spirituality He's also uh, written an entire book on the history of sport.